Parshas told us begins with the marriage of Yitzchak and Rivka. And they're married for 20 years and they don't have any children. This was a common theme among the Abbas. They were all struggling with infertility. And the Gemara asks, What is the reason there are Abbas who are infertile? Why were they incapable of having children? After all, our Abbas and Emois were righteous people. Why did they have to struggle through the pain and aggravation of being childless? And the Gemara gives a very cryptic answer. Because Hashem desires and yearns for the prayers of the righteous. At first glance, this answer seems very harsh and perplexing. It's actually counterintuitive. Just because they are righteous, is that the reason to make them suffer? On the contrary, Hashem should answer them without any prayers. Furthermore, the idea of mis'ava, that Hashem desires tefillahs of tzaddikim, is very bizarre. Can it be that HaKadosh Baruch Hu, the omnipotent being, needs our prayers? And if yes, is that a valid reason to make righteous people suffer? And the answer gives us a fundamental principle, how to understand the concept of tefillah. The Mepharshim explained that sometimes the Rebbein Shalom withholds his kindness and his blessings from a person, not because he wants to punish them, but rather because Hashem craves and yearns to have a relationship with that person. The word tefillah means attaching and connecting. When Naftali was born, Rachel Amenu said, Naftali, I have become attached to my sister. Tefillah from the word Naftali, attached. Prayer is the mechanism to where a person can develop a closeness and a connection to Hashem. And that is why the Hebrew word for prayer is not lavakesh, to request, but tefillah, to connect. As an example, when you send your son to Yeshiva Netz Yisrael, you should never give him an unlimited credit card, because you'll never hear from him again. Rather, give him a debit card with a limited balance on it, not because you want to withhold money from him, not because you don't love him, but on the contrary, because you value that connection and relationship with him. Therefore, when the account needs replenishing, at least then, you are assured that he will call out to you. But the question is, why do we continue to badger Hashem for our needs? But we wouldn't appreciate it if it was done to us. No one likes to be pestered and bothered. And besides, Hashem already knows what's best for us. And if He said no, then obviously that is what's most beneficial for us. So why do we continue to harass Him? And Rav Pinkus says something fascinating. When it comes to the human realm, it's all about the end result. So if you ask your friend for something and the answer is no, there's no point in asking again. You're just being annoying. However, when it comes to asking from Hashem, it's not about the destination, it's about the journey. When Hashem initially told you no, doesn't mean He doesn't want to give it to you. It doesn't mean that He doesn't want you to ask again. On the contrary, He wants you to continue to pray so that you strengthen your connection and relationship with Him. The Gemara says, If a person davens and he sees that he wasn't answered, don't be discouraged. Go back to shul and daven again. Be persistent. Be determined. Hope to Hashem and strengthen yourself. Strengthen your resolve. And if need be, don't give up. Daven again. They say a story about a man that lived in Israel and was married for many years and didn't have any children. He went to the stipler gone to ask for a bracha for children. And he told the stipler, I want you to promise me that we'll have a child. 
but he refused. He continued to ask, but the stipler refused to promise him. But the man was persistent and would not leave. The stipler was so desperate to return to his learning, so he finally relented and he told him, I promise you will have a child. A year later, the man had a baby boy. The father attributed this miracle to the stipler's bracha. He traveled to Bnei Barak to invite the stipler to the bris and to give him the honor of being the child sandik. The baby's grandfather wasn't happy about this. He told the son, the father of the baby, I also davened for you. I davened for you for many, many years, and so did many people. And since I'm the grandfather, I deserve to be sandik. But the father of the baby was insistent that the stipler be the sandik. So the grandfather traveled to Bnei Barak and approached the stipler and he asked him, was it really your promise that was ultimately the cause for this miracle? And the stipler told him, I'll tell you what happened on that night when your son came into my study. As soon as I promised him a child, as soon as those words left my mouth, I felt tremendous guilt about what I said. I was thinking, who am I to promise someone a child? I'm not a special tzaddik, I'm not a novi. But I felt your son's agony so strongly that I felt that I had to do something to alleviate this pain. So as soon as he left my study room, I locked the door, closed my safer, and took out a Tehillim. And then spent the rest of the night saying the entire Tehillim. And I asked Hashem to help this couple with the blessing of a child. I felt that was the least I could do to help the situation. And Baruch Hashem, those prayers were answered. The grandfather listening to the stipler tells him, I don't know whether your promise is what helped us. But what I do know is, that anyone who feels a stranger's pain so strongly that they are willing to stay up a whole night and say the entire Tehillim on their behalf is someone I want to be my grandson Sandik. The incredible power of Tefillah. And now, we know. Have a wonderful day.